today is May 25th, and this is Mental Health 3 with Humberto Perea. What's up? How are you doing? Um, for all the new listeners, thanks for tuning in and welcome. And for all the listeners that have been tuning in, welcome back. Uh, today we're going to be talking mental health and Humberto's story. <laughs> Humberto is a, a brown belt, and he actually owns a Chop and Chops MMA out in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn, is that right? Yeah, it's correct. That's what I thought, yeah. You have a pretty awesome-looking team. I, like, love seeing your pictures and stuff. <laughs> you guys yeah, look we, like a really tight family. I can't see you, but I'm sure you'll pop up in a second. I'm All here. Right, All right, I'm good now. Um, yeah, yeah so, so tell me so, about your school. So, uh, the gym we opened... Uh, pretty much about a year ago. We actually opened it in December of 2018. And um, it was uh, pretty much my brother and I. So we, uh, you know, we've both been training. We've both been training since, uh, for about 10 years. I started in March of 2010. And my brother started about a year and a half after that, September of 2011. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and you've had a lot of ups and downs throughout that time, huh? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a, the point of the, a very unlikely journey, which <laughs> is that I started in like, I would go ahead and say like, they're not good schools. Yeah. Um, I, the first school I started at was actually, it, it's a McDojo. Like, if you talk to people in Brooklyn about it, like, everyone knows it's a McDojo. And <laughs> we all kind of like have that agreement of like, oh yeah, they're not, they're, they're, they're a McDojo. Yeah, they, totally. They they, uh, so I started there, and one of the things was, um, oh, you're not allowed to compete. You're not allowed to train anywhere outside of the gym. And so it's basically you're just doing jiu-jitsu with the people in there, which is uh, if anyone tells you, like, don't do not do this anywhere outside. They're limiting your ability. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like they're admitting to, to themselves that you can't handle like it's a, it's an inferior uh it's an inferior part product yeah like we don't want you to go out and see another product and then <laughs> go switch over there yeah <laughs> but yeah so i i started uh yeah so i started about 10 years ago at uh a, a pretty much a mcdojo and i was there for about a year so uh one of their main things what they they told me when i first started where there was uh we're not allowed to Oh my gosh, that, when you told me that, because I remember we were having this chat, uh, me and Humberto actually are in a, the anti-running jiu-jitsu club together, and uh, we, we're in this awesome group chat, and we got in this conversation about McDojo's, and yeah, like, if somebody told me I wasn't able to compete, I, what would I do? <laughs> I would do it anyway, of course, and I know that's what you did. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much what, what I did was um, I, I would just compete and I would give, I would give the promoter or whoever had the, the thing, I would just give them my passport. So on my license, it says Humberto Perea. I'm, I was born in another country. So uh, in Colombia, where I was born, you always say it with both names. So it's uh, my, my, my name, if I'm introducing myself, is like Humberto Jose Perea Delgado. And that's what it says on my passport. So I would just say, oh, my name is Humberto Delgado. <laughs> give them, give them my, my passport to show it. And I would sign up under that name. And then I would just make up a school name. Legitimately just making stuff up to compete. Yeah, That's I, so awesome. I would, make, <laughs> I would make, up, make up a school name, make up an instructor. And then, like, if anyone there would ask me, I'd be like, oh, it's a very small school in Brooklyn. You probably never heard of it. Was this and, when you were uh, a white belt? Yes, this is me as a white belt. The, That's the so awesome. I, I entered was actually a uh, it was a Henzo Gracie Invitational, and oh wow, for Henzo Gracie schools and affiliates, I just like emailed them and say, hey, can I sign up? And they they just emailed <laughs> me back and said, sure, just sign up at one of the affiliates. So I I signed up and then I show up, and um, I man, I, I was only <laughs> training about three months. Yeah, and at a at a bad gym. Yeah, just, a McDojo. I don't want to say a bad gym. It's it's not a competitive gym. Yeah, because they're teaching jujitsu. They're just not. They're not. There's no intensity to it. There's so just there's hobbyists. A lot of low training. 
Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a flow training. Um, so I was there for three months, and, like, I had competed before for Taekwondo, which is, oh, my God, that's another story. I, that was in the show as well. <laughs> I, I, did, I did Taekwondo when I was in college, and it was, like, a, it, it was non-contact sparring. Yeah. So just so you can have an idea. It's not the same. No. And so I was <laughs> expecting to show up, you know, oh, you're supposed to bow the breath, bow the judges, bow the this, so much bowing, and then, like, the ref goes, all right, ready, go, all this, that. So I show up, and my first thought was, like, um, where's everyone who looks like me? Because <laughs> I, I weighed in at 185 pounds, uh-huh. and I'm 5'4". So that's so, pretty big for you. Oh, it's very big. Yeah. Every, I was like, in, in my mind, I'm like, there's going to be other people who look, like are my size or look like me. And when I get there, it's like everyone has, like, six-packs. And I'm like, what, 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 where, what is going on? He's training with the elite people. (laughs) Oh my God. I was so lost. And then like the ref, we just like, oh, they call my name. I run over the ref like goes, okay, guys, uh, go. And I was literally like, wait, what? (laughs) I was so confused. And then this guy just starts coming at me and like, (laughs) like, I didn't know. I didn't warm up properly. I didn't even have a coach. I had no one there. It was just me. And like. My, my brother and a couple of other people who came to watch me were just sitting in the bleachers and we were just like, like, like I didn't know anything. So like, uh, I, I actually wound up winning that match. I That's awesome. Up, I, I wound up winning three matches and then losing in the finals, which is still like. That's crazy. You just yeah, showed I up have, to this school out of nowhere like, hey guys. <laughs> yeah, and I have no idea how that happened. How like, like I, I, thinking back now, I can see like, I can't picture anyone doing that and just being like go ahead and do it so i I can only tell you like i lucked into that victory into those victories do you think that moment uh changed you a little bit as far as like competing and stuff 100 percent. yeah when that happened because the reason why i competed was because my friends kept asking me hey when are you going to do a competition hey when are you going to do a competition and because uh, we were all used to Taekwondo, and in Taekwondo, we would do a competition like every six months. So yeah. they wanted to go see it. So I, I looked around. I had to use Google to find a competition. Um, I did that. And then like the moment that competition ended, the first thing I did was look for another competition. <laughs> You're like, this is so fun. <laughs> I, I caught, I, yeah, I caught the bug. I got addicted and then found another competition and then once that one was over i found another competition like i started just competing constantly and this is all behind uh your gym's back did you leave that gym uh how long Um, did it take for you to leave that gym so i was at that gym for about a year and um and you know just like when you leave any gym it's it's hard because your friends are there like you're used to going there yeah it was it was a five minute drive from my house it was so convenient and it was like, it, it, my friends are all there. This and that. You have all these excuses why you don't change. So finally, like, I'd been competing consistently. And I'd gotten to the point of a blue belt where I was competing as a blue belt. And, like, it's very obvious to me that, like, what we do in the gym and what other people are doing in the gym are completely different things. Yeah, so totally. The reason, the reason why I started was because my brother was who was doing karate at the time he was actually he had just become a no he was a a brown belt in karate at the time he he was like yeah i i kind of want to just train every now and then just so like we can go train together that'd be so cool that's awesome he was like oh i want to join your gym and i was like no 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 let's go find another (laughs) we gotta get out of here (laughs) so there was a good month or so where i was where i was going to both gyms going back and forth and then one day it just like i i was gonna go to the to the mcdojo gym and i just went like no i think i I don't want to go here anymore and i basically went into the office and i spoke to the instructor and was like hey uh i've been competing for (laughs) some time and then they're like oh all right well you can't come back and i was like they just let you go like that yeah that's crazy that was it and then i just i went i just was full-time in the other gym and uh so that gym um it was a big change for you then yeah did they have like competition classes and stuff um no that was also a small gym but the reason why i went there was because it it was it was a small gym it was also a newer gym it was it was only open for like two years when i'd show up so like the highest ranking person was a blue belt um Mm -hmm. there was a purple belt i think but he they had gotten no no i'm sorry it was a blue belt the highest ranking person was a blue belt 
Um, there was a purple belt who would come by every now and then. But uh, what, the reason why I liked it was because the instructor was, uh, he was a, like an MMA fighter. First off, he was, the instructor was young. He was like 23 years old. Yeah. He was a freakish so, athlete. Yeah. And I think that's a really good sign when there's like young people in there and they're super athletic and stuff. Yeah. 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 100%. You know you're like, about I, to get a good workout. Uh, yeah. So the reason, so we, me and my brother, we tried to gym and I got smashed <laughs> by everyone. But, and I was a blue belt and I got smashed by white belts and I was like, all right, I'm going here. I'm coming here. Um, so that instructor, uh, he was very like, he was very, he was very good in the fact that like he, he loved to do feet to floor. He loved to do wrestling, judo, um, at all takedowns and cause he, he was MMA oriented so, and that kind of, that's kind of what I wanted in the back of my mind where it's like, I want to do striking. I want to do like MMA. I don't want to do just jujitsu. Like, I want to <laughs> do what I watch on TV. Like, yeah, I, I want to do UFC stuff. Like, I, let's see what they're, what they're doing, I want to do it. I do uh, nogi classes at a MMA school sometimes. In school and, like, actually utilizing the wall versus yeah. being in a jiu-jitsu school and, like, scooting back to the center and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's actually funny because um, where I go now for jiu-jitsu is a... It, it's like a... It's, it's a sport jiu-jitsu gym. Yeah. And, like, uh, like, people are just not used to the intensity that you can bring. So, like... I'll basically like just take people down with ease, like put my forehead into their face. And then like when, when we get to the wall, I don't stop. I just keep driving into them, using the wall to stop them from, from like doing anything to help me pass and everything. And it's like, like people are just not used to it. Oh no, the MMA, people that train MMA, like bring a whole new intensity. And that's why I love training with people that do it. It's like yeah. the wrestling, it's just so gritty and stuff. <laughs> it, it, it is a different philosophy. Like, um, yeah. I, like whenever I'm on the bottom, my main thought is like, how do I stand up? I don't want to be on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play on the bottom. And uh, that, that's one thing that, I, that a lot of jiu-jitsu people, I think they suffer when they try MMA, is that they're used to a certain pace being on the bottom. And like in, in, in MMA, you can't do that. You, no. you have to... <laughs> You'll get smashed. Yeah. yeah, you're getting punched in the face. And it's yeah. just like people who are just heavy pressure. So you you have to have to make a choice when you're on the bottom. It's either you have to go into protection and then going immediately into a sweeper submission or you have to think about standing up. Yeah. There's no in between. There's no like setting things up. So, so uh, when you started going to the school, is that when you started your MMA journey and stuff? Yeah. So uh, that school had... Um, it's, it was only one instructor. And so he, the one thing that I appreciated was that it was, everything was blended together. So he did striking that was specifically meant for MMA. He did jujitsu that was specifically meant for MMA. We would wear our geese and like, I, none of us would ever really grip the gi. Uh, so it was a lot of like, a lot of MMA based, um, jujitsu moves and drills. And, uh, a lot of it was based on like, just uh, like explosions like making an explosion make a scramble and then you know get out from the bottom get a sweep it was a lot of like using utilizing that so it it definitely like turned me it changed my jiu-jitsu um that school i eventually um i started we started sparring we got invited to sparring we started sparring me and my brother both and then we started training for that and then like one day the instructor is just like hey do you want to uh you want to have a fight Oh, nice. (laughs) So just so you understand, my mentality was, oh, God, no, I'm going to get killed. Yeah. And like, and, and, but I was also like, I know that that's the same thought that everyone has. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Put, put me in, like, just throw me in there. I don't care. And um, I feel like that's my mindset. Every time I think about competition, I'm like, oh man, this person's definitely going to kill me. Like even in jujitsu, I'm just like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> the moment, yeah, that's always the biggest battle. Is yeah. Like, even if you do it just a regular jujitsu competition, it's always yeah. like, I'm going to get destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like you, you, it's, it's, it's always, that's the big battle for me has always been like, how do I train myself to just know that I'm not going to get destroyed? It's so hard. I, like, tell people this all the time. I'm like, yeah, like, when I'm in, like, the bullpen and stuff, and I'm, like, rocking out on my headphones, like, I might look like I'm in the zone, but in my head, I'm like, 
I'm like, man, I'm about to get killed. But in that moment, when I, like, step on the mat is when it all goes away. Like, it takes that long. Like, when I step on the mat, everything goes away. And I'm like, okay, I can't fuck around now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, My, uh, so, my, uh, like, I I actually, every single time I sign up for a tournament, I immediately have regret. And this is just jujitsu. Like, (laughs) the thing I'm really good at. And, uh, like, I, I immediately have regret. And then I basically, like, you can actually, my best friend, the dragon, uh, I constantly text her to be like, will you promise to still be my friend after I embarrass myself? In the <laughs> and, and she basically has to just be like, stop being a goddamn idiot. You know what you're doing. <laughs> you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and, and then I show up and then I'm still nervous. I'm basically just trying to do like burpees just to break like that nervousness. And still nervous. I, I can't watch any matches. I have to like, like matches will be happening and I have to turn my back because if I see anything, it's going to, it freaks me out. Yeah, totally. Then, yeah. So then they call my name and then I go on the mat and then the ref says go and suddenly like it, it all goes away. And then I just like, cause, cause my mentality is like the second the ref says go, I'm trying to like just move forward. Yeah. So like the second that happens, like it's almost like my body just takes over, and like by the time my brain wakes up again, it's like the match is already over. And you're like, "Whoa, did that just happened!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that feeling. I don't know, like, I don't know how people can just like not be nervous before these things. It's like this is a really high intensity. Like we're actually like trying to hurt each other. <laughs> there's there's some people who like they live for that stuff. Yeah, I, I am not one of those people. Yeah, so it's I, it's still scary it's, to me. <laughs> it is horrifying. Yeah. But, and, and by the way, in MMA, it's the same exact thing. Oh, 100%, it's, probably worse. Because you're building everything up to that moment. And at least in a tournament, there's some tournaments where, like, you'll get eliminated after the first match, and then, like, oh, you get to have another one. In MMA, it's like you built up everything. Your this friends are there. This is your match. Yeah, that's it. Like, your name is on the website. Like, all this stuff. His friends are there cheering him on. You are the sole focus. And then, like, you're basically just going in there going, like, please don't embarrass me. Please don't get embarrassed. You're, like, literally pouring everything into this match. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, How many MMA fights have you had? So, I uh, fought, let me think, I had seven amateur fights. Um... I won the, I actually won an amateur title in New York, and uh, then I had one professional fight, and after that professional fight, I was like, honestly, after that fight, I was like, I'm, I'm, mentally, I'm done. That was my finish. It was always my goal, is to have one pro fight. And you did it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was that. I just remember, I remember when, when, when they first started training it, I was like, hey, you know what, my goal would be to have one professional fight, and that would be it. And it honestly it was to have one fight, but then when I found out, like, oh, there's amateur levels and then professional levels, it's like, no, I have to have the real thing. Yeah. Not not that the amateur's fake, but it's like in my <laughs> mind, it's like it's three minute rounds. We're wearing shin pads. It's not the same. Yeah, you don't same. get paid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even as a pro, you barely get paid. Yeah, so just a little bit. <laughs> I always tell people, because, like, people ask me all the time if I would do MMA, because, like, I actually have a Muay Thai background as well, and, uh, I'm like, I don't know, man, it's just, like, a lot. (laughs) MMA's a lot. It's a lot, and it's a lot that people don't realize, because you can do striking and you can do jiu-jitsu, you're still not, you're not doing MMA. Yeah. You have to, you have to blend them together, and then you have to work specific things, like, um, one thing that I was always good at was using the, the wall or the cage to stand up or, or to, to take people down. And that's and one like of the that. hardest aspects, in my opinion, yeah. at least. Like, yeah. once you get pushed up against a cage, like... It's so tiring. Yeah. And so I would basically go into the cage and just, like, I, I'm here until we get tired. And then that's when I feel like I can take over. But it, it was it's, it's that. And then once you get down to the, on the ground, it's like... You can't settle. You can't let someone settle on top of you because, um, like, that might be it. That That's it. Especially in an amateur fight. Mm-hmm. Like, you have three-minute rounds. For the moment your butt hits the ground, most of the refs think you lost the round. 
So you have to, the moment your butt hits the ground, you have to stand up. You have to work back to stand up. And then if, if you get, if they get a takedown, most of the reps think that you're losing the fight. So you have to now get a takedown just to even it up. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a crazy thing. So you have, yeah. to, you have to work all those aspects, including takedowns, including striking, including jiu-jitsu, including like MMA-specific drills. And then you also have to work your conditioning because that's another important part that people... I think, think MMA conditioning is like the hardest to like... Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's insane. So, uh, one thing I always say is like no one goes into that cage... A hundred percent, because what it takes to get in there, you're gonna get hurt. There's no way around it. There's no way to to safely train everything you have to, and then to walk into the cage without getting hurt. Oh, the amount of training you have to do it puts so much wear and tear on your body. It it and then the weight cut too. If you have to weight cut your body, and then at the same time you're 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 dieting the entire time, and then that last week is like hell. Because you can't, you can barely eat. And then the last couple of days, it's like not drinking any water. And then you, even after that, you're doing like a salt, a sauna bath. And uh, the first, Ugh. the first organization I fought for had same day weigh-ins for an MMA fight. So it's like you're weighing in and then now you have like three hours to hydrate before you're about to get into a fist fight. Mm-hmm. So I used like, to do that for uh, Muay Thai. When yeah, I used to yeah. fight Muay Thai, it's rough. I used to fight, I... I'm, like, a healthy 125 right now, like, and I'm very muscular for my size. I'm, like, 5'1", 5'2". 125 is, like, very solid for me. And I was fighting uh, Muay Thai, I think, like, maybe, like, eight years ago at, like, 115 to 110. And it was, like, small. Yeah. Yeah, that's big cut. Wow. Yeah. It was rough, dude. It was so bad. And, uh, I mean, I was, like, successful at that weight, but, like, dieting and the amount of training and, like, cutting and stuff, it was just killing me, and, yeah, yeah it was hard. Yeah, I, I used to, so, uh, for amateur fights, uh, I was in a, an organization that same day weigh-ins. I would walk around at about 170, which is, like, me eating ice cream, and mm-hmm. then, like, I would diet, get down to about 160 pounds, where it's like I got kind of a four pack and then uh, the day of I would basically do a workout that would like sweat out everything else. So I'd, be, I'd walk into the cave. I, I would walk in, weigh in at like, I'd always be under. It'd be mm-hmm. like 153, 152 pounds. And then, so it's like six, seven pounds I would cut in, a, in an afternoon. And then like, all right, now time to rehydrate, eat, and then pray that I'm doing it right because <laughs> it's not like I knew. What it's so stressful. Out. Yeah, yeah I, I, I also just Googled what to do. It's not like I knew what I was doing. So Same. It's like, oh, I guess I yeah. eat pasta, sure, yeah. all right. <laughs> I always did uh, that too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Reddit. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and, then, and then for my uh, Amazon, for the, for the last fight, which was, uh, uh, for the one in New York, which was a title fight, um, it was day before weigh-ins, which was, oh my God, it was a miracle. Uh, I was uh, I weighed in at 142 pounds for a 145 pound fight, and um, I probably walked into the cage at like 151 pounds. Ooh. And yeah, and like I'm a solid hundred. Like that is about the lowest I can get. That's crazy. Like, that is me, absolute <laughs> prime. Like that's it. There's nothing more. I can't get a six pack. <laughs> I accepted that already. It's just not happening. Yeah. Even but if you run, like, cool. 10 miles a day. Yeah, never happening. I'm never getting a... Your day. runs blow my mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's a whole other story, too. Yeah, um, so uh, tell me, what has uh, all this, your jiu-jitsu journey done for your, like, mental health? And, like, uh, how is it so, treating your mental health? So, um, I could also start uh, all the way back in, like, even as a kid. It starts um, in the beginning. Yeah, my, my mom tells me stories of, like, things I would do when I was a kid, and it's, like, like just things click in my head of, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I was like that as a child. Like, she told me, um, so so basically what she told me was that I was very attached to my dad. Yeah. Like, but, like when, when I was a baby in Colombia, I was super attached to my dad. Like, I would literally, like, be with him 24-7, and then he, he like, left, and um, 
So, like, at that point, like, I was devastated. I didn't talk to anyone for, like, months, anything like that. Anytime there was a large gathering of people, I would freak out and just, like, start crying and screaming. And um, pretty much she was like, you know, fuck this. She left Colombia, came to the U.S., uh, where her and, and her brother raised, helped raise me and my brother. And even that, it was the same thing. Like, uh, constantly, like, having that, like, antisocial personality where it's like, I don't like being around a lot of people. I don't like this and that. Um, then it's like, you know, you grow up. It's, it's like, you know, we, we don't, we didn't know each other. <laughs> yeah. No one knew that, like, that's a, that's a mental health thing. No. So, no, you it no. takes so long to like figure it out that's yeah. why i tell people like i didn't get my stuff figured out so i'm like late 20s you know what i mean yeah <laughs> oh my god that's look i i grew up in high school i was just like so depressed i was basically like a, just a depressed kid like the stereotypical um in high school depressed kid constantly like no friends pining pining like why don't the pretty girls like me it's like mm-hmm. i don't know because you're you don't talk to anyone and you're you know you, you <laughs> say to yourself and you're also like doom and gloom all the time yeah but, uh, you have this rain cloud over you at all times yeah. and then i'm like why doesn't anyone want to hang out with me and then the moment someone does it's like you just like you're just like this this like manic person and it's like oh no wonder because you're 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 you know the lack of a better term you're just a weirdo yeah um uh, and and then like you know that that goes on for high school college depression just like a bad depression suicidal depression like constant thoughts of wanting to like kill yourself all that stuff and then like you know even all the way up until like i was 28 and then one day i just heard an interview with uh you know joey pantalone joey pants mm-hmm. from he, he was doing some documentary about um mental health and he just like he i heard him in an interview and he was just saying like oh you know um this and that that blah blah he was describing his his mental health and like it was literally like what you were going through kind of like i literally got up from where i was at work i got up from my desk and was listening to it in earbud and then i had to go to the bathroom and i was just like bawling in tears oh wow because it like it hit me so perfectly where it's like he literally just described everything that I felt and then was basically saying like hey it's, you know it's not your fault like this is, this is not your fault and it was just like it was like literally like this is what I wanted to hear my entire life no one had known it, but even I didn't know I wanted to hear that and then he says it immediately I just broke me down it struck you because like, you you never yeah. understood those feelings and you didn't know other people had them yeah exactly. <laughs> and, oh my god like not only not only now do i know like what's going on it's it's almost like i had an enemy that i never even realized was there yeah and like now i see it now i know it's there and now like oh my god now everything makes sense and it's like and so immediately like oh, okay now i have to start like working with it i have to i have to figure out how how to do it um I would go to different like psychiatrists and like try a host of different pills. That's that's also the fun part, which is where like, well, here, try this pill. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been through I'm, all that too. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm gonna give you more, and it's like that doesn't work. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna give you a different. Pill. It takes so long. Oh my god! And then even that, like at the same time, like doing talk therapy and like that's also not working. Yeah. And like, like it, eventually, it just got to a point where like I figured out the process that works for me. And that was basically just, I have to physically exhaust myself to the point where my brain can, like, uh, that voice that's in my head just shuts up. I so. I relate to that really strongly, and I tell people that all the time. Because, like, when when this quarantine happened, jujitsu was my exhausting, like, this is what I did to exhaust myself every day. And, uh, like, the first week of, like, the whole covid thing i was like yeah. oh man what am i gonna do and that's when i found the running club i'm like running is literally the only thing that's gonna exhaust me like jujitsu and that's like yeah. what i told myself there's like nothing else i can do right now other than run but um yeah it was the same thing for me because it was like I- i've been training consistently for 10 straight years not every single day but like 
almost every single day. I was training five to six days a week, ten, like for 10 straight years. And this is like the first time I've ever had to take a hiatus. The only other times it's like, oh, I'm off, I'm off on vacation, so I'm taking off for a week. I'm off on this, so I'm taking off for a week. Yeah. And even then, I would find little things to like, to, to do. Like, uh, and, and there were times when like, I would just like, my brain would just go crazy. And like, even the, the, the person I was dating would just tell me like, you, you have to, you have to go for a run. You mm-hmm. have to go for a run because they would understand like, you're, you're going insane right now. You're, you're being, you're basically like, you're being a dick. Everything <laughs> and everyone. Go, go, go for a run. <laughs> yeah. I know you'll be fine after this. <laughs> It's crazy how much serotonin releases in your brain after you exercise like that, though. It's so frustrating because it's like, I don't want to go for a run. Yeah. Like, all right, I do feel better. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, so frustrating. But, um, yeah, so, like, the moment we shut down and, like, gyms were closed, everything was closed, it it was like, I'm going to have to run every single day. Like, there's, there's nothing else I can do then run i'm allowed to run that's the one thing we're allowed to do so i i have to do this every day just for myself yeah totally i was just running and then posting it on instagram and then meg was basically like roberto you're gonna hurt yourself please stop (laughs) i i had had met meg before um she's the person who started the the jiu-jitsu running club the anti anti anti-running jiu-jitsu club yeah i had met her before at a tournament and uh you know like we're uh, instagram friends and like you know, I'd see her every now and then at a, at an open mat or something. And uh, she she basically just, like, hit me up and was like, you, please stop running. You're going to hurt yourself. Because I was just <laughs> running full blast every single day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, like, some days I would do, like, three miles, and then some days I would do seven miles. Like, that was the only difference. But, like, still running hard, full blast every single day. And then just being like, why am I tired? I don't understand. <laughs> My knees hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it, it, my legs feel like they're they're like jelly right now. I don't understand why. <laughs> she, she basically was like, "Please stop. Uh, you have to like join my running group. I'll, I will make a running plan for you. This and that. This this is why she always would, especially in the beginning. She would call me like a crazy person because she just knows that like if I'm left to my own devices, it's, like, you're just gonna everything. take off. <laughs> yeah, I would just like just run as hard as possible every single day and just not stop. <laughs> That's um, how I am. I like have to have kind of a, like someone directing me a little ways because I will super overtrain for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, uh, yeah. Beck, go have a rest day. You need one. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> yeah, she's um, a great coach, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, like, definitely, because, I mean, I can see them already in my speed. Like, I was never as fast as I am right now. And you're and fast. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, man, I get yeah. I, see, even running is its own, like, journey of ups and downs. So, uh, I started running, like, just before I started jiu-jitsu. So, that was, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, I, I would start to run. And then I would constantly get shin splints, constantly, all the time, all the time. I couldn't, I couldn't run because I would get shin splints. So I would basically just, I went to the gym and I was like, all right, I'm going to run on the treadmill for two minutes and then do the bike for 18. And then after two weeks, it's like, all right, I'm going to up to 10, four. I'm going to up it to six. I'm going to up it to eight. And then by, before I knew it, I was doing an hour and like running fast for an hour. I was doing like eight minutes, eight miles in an hour. Oh, man. Like, without even trying. That's so awesome. (laughs) And then I would just, like, oh, cool, let me... And then uh, I think a friend of mine signed up for something called, like, like the Tough Mudder. And... um, Oh, those things are so cool. I've always wanted to do one. Oh, it might be be too late. I know Tough Mudder was... uh, They're out now. Yeah, they were... They they didn't have any money at the beginning of the year. So I imagine this time they're done. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so I would do, I would, I did a tough murder, and then like I, like was I'm alarmingly fascinated, and then um, another friend of mine was like, oh, you should do the Spartan race, so me and a couple of friends did the Spartan race, and like, all right, cool, that was fine, and then um, I still remember like it, it was just like the Spartan race, the first, the very first event, that was one I did in New York, and it was like a, just like a fun run, it was silly. It was like, oh, we finished it in like 25 minutes. It was no big deal. Yeah. Um, and then the next t- the next year we signed up and a bunch of us and our friends signed up and we're like, 
we we drive to the place and it's like oh, oh fuck this is this is at a ski resort like there's <laughs> mountains we have to run up and down the mountains brutal and yeah and like um so i basically ran it as fast as i could and then when i finished i like looked up my time and i was like oh my god like i i had finished like to then the two like my place was like 200 out of everyone who had done it and there was like 10,000 people who did that's it that's really good yeah and so i just started doing those all the time <laughs> and then it literally the same way as jiu jitsu you're getting fulfillment i'm sorry you're getting fulfillment yeah yeah it was the same thing and it was like oh here's an event it's fun it's not as like it's not as challenging the only person i'm really competing against is myself i don't really it's like it's more fun than anything and uh i still remember that like tough motor was like oh let's we're gonna have a special event this is again why meg calls me crazy we're gonna have a special event where you can run for 24 hours oh man (laughs) yeah me and my friend me and another friend of mine sign up and then we and like we tried it and it was like it was it's uh, still to this day one of the hardest things i've ever done in my life i think i i did i finished it doing 50 miles oh my god that's crazy which was horrible and again this is in this i think the event was in late november in in new jersey in in an outside area and then part of it is like go in this river that's like now sub you know sub freezing temperatures Mm -hmm. and so like i still have nightmares of doing (laughs) some events uh where like you're getting electrocuted oh yeah it's it's like four in the morning and like i'm wearing a uh a wetsuit and i'm going into like icy cold water and it's it was horrifying it was horrible yeah that's gotta uh, be one of the hardest things you've done for sure uh it's easily that was the (laughs) physically most demanding thing i've ever done in my life we're racing next weekend i'm sorry we're racing this weekend oh yeah you're uh are you gonna beat your 10k time uh i don't i i hope so you fast you fast 10k it's just like jujitsu where it's like, um, it's just like a jujitsu competition where in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to beat my time. I'm going to beat my time. And then totally. of course it's like, but what if I don't? Yeah. I don't know. Everyone's looking forward to this. And if I fail it, everyone's going to be like, what happened? Yeah. You're all going to just like be disappointed. What are some ways you, uh, like, I know we get in these mindsets and stuff, but what are, what are some ways that you try to like not get like try to reverse those thoughts or do you have any like methods of like trying to like break that mindset uh for me it's i have to say it out loud yeah like like just like i said uh in the beginning of this i told my my i have my best friend i tell her like i I please still be my friend at the end of this it it literally is like like it's something so it's such a ridiculous thought yeah that i release it out to the world everyone just will look at me and be like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you're an idiot. And then that's when I, that's when it comes back to me and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. It is, that is kind of dumb. Like I do know what I'm doing. Yeah. And also like, even if I fail today, like it's not going to change anything. Exactly. Um, and so it, it literally is that because if I don't say it out loud, then it stays in my brain and like, it just bounces around there without anyone like checking it. So it's almost like this is information and no one is checking that information. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, so it's just, just staying in that bubble, repeating itself over and over again. And that's, that's how, that's how you get stuck in there. But if I say it out loud to like a friend, my friends, then they'll, they'll, you know, they're able to just be like, you're, you're a complete moron. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think like competition training is like almost, if not more like mentally draining than physically draining. <laughs> I feel like I can I can do great through camps and stuff, but like my mental attitude and stuff is like all up and down, like all over the place. Yeah, there's like trust me when you're when you're training for for an MMA fight, it's constantly like just getting beat up and then saying to yourself like what Why am I doing this? I, I'm not good at this. I don't know why. The amount of times I've left training saying I I, I should quit because I I don't know what I'm doing. It's innumerable. It's happened so often. Yeah. And that's probably the thing people don't understand. They think that, like, fighters always are on top. They always win. 
Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's even even in jujitsu, like they think like, oh, I always I always hit the sweep, I always get these triangles. I don't, you know, I'm doing so great. Where it's like, no, I like I get beat up all the time. Sometimes you're the I, hammer I, and sometimes you're the nail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I leave the gym so often, just saying to myself, like, what what was I doing? Like, what? I don't know what I did today. I, I don't know why I did all these moves. I don't know why this happened, that happened. And, and, and to be honest, it's probably just all in my head. Where it's like, I probably did have great roles, but for some reason in my brain, it was just like, that was terrible. You were terrible today. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so I leave the gym thinking like that sometimes, too. I try not to, but it can be really hard. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, I, think, I think also what helps me a lot is that I'm very structured. Um, for me... I start, like, I have a plan in my week of how I'm going to train. So on Monday, I know my entire week what days I'm going to train, what days I'm not. And no matter what excuse I have, I, I will go to train. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, I'll wake up and I'll be like, man, I don't want to train today. I just don't want to go. I don't want to go to work. Uh, or I want to go to work and then I just want to go home and take a nap. And it's like, I don't give myself that excuse that, I can do that. And it, it's become a little easier now because I, I own a gym. I have to teach classes. <laughs> so, like, I literally have to just, like, like it literally is like, well, I, I have to go. I literally have to go or else, you know, no one's going to teach the class. Your students so, are going to be like, where is my teacher? <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, the door, they're going to show up. The door's are locked. <laughs> What's going on? No. Yeah. I, uh, I give myself that, too. Um... Like, some days I'll just be really tired, and I'm like, eh. But I know that once I go to the gym and, like, see all my friends and, like, this little community that I'm a part of, it's just, like, everything is so good. And it's, like, it's worth it every time. Literally, no matter how bad you get beat up, too. Like, you might have these, like, little minuscule thoughts, like, after you leave, if you've had, like, a bad day in jiu-jitsu. But, like, overall, I think it's, like... So worth it. <laughs> Hold on, I can't hear you. Cool. Hello? Hello. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, like, I didn't hear any of that. My, my thing's muted for some reason. I was just saying that, like, going to the gym, like, even if you're tired and stuff, and, like, leaving at the end of the night, you might have these, like, kind of minuscule thoughts of like oh I didn't perform how I wanted to or like oh I got beat up really bad today but like overall like the feeling of actually just getting in there and being around like the people that you love and like train with all the time is just like it defeats those thoughts like almost immediately kind of it's like ah that was fun yeah that like uh, honestly, I think the biggest thing is not it's not as much the training that I miss as much as like just seeing my friends. Yeah, seeing like people like I haven't like the last we've been locked down here in New York since like mid mid March. I haven't seen some people since mid March. Yeah, and like man, like I almost want to like organize some type of like get together where we can just like hang out at the park, like socially distanced or whatever, and like just. It's like just to see people oh you should and it's hard it's it's but it's also like yeah we'd have to organize a date but yeah. yeah we definitely should do that because like um uh like it's like that's the thing i think that's the biggest thing i miss is like the community like yeah. uh w- when i opened the gym i like i i told my brother like i i picture a our gym kind of like a bar where like you know if you go to a bar like what is, what is the difference between one bar and another? They're going to have similar drinks. Yeah, they might have different, you know, uh, things on the walls. They might have different things. But honestly, the reason why you go to certain bars is because of the atmosphere. Yeah. And because of the people who are there. And it's like, that. that's how I picture a gym. It's like, I have a gym here. There's a gym about a mile away from my from, from my gym. There's uh, there's Henzo Gracie in the city. There's, there's, there, there's gyms everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's like... Why are people going to come to my gym? It's because I, I'm cr- trying to create an atmosphere where there's a community. People feel together. And, uh, like, we were we were very – that's why we were very proud when we did our uh, last competition because it was, like – That was, like, almost your whole team. It looked like yeah. a lot of people. It was a lot. We had 
eight people competing that day, and it was like, it, it's it's remarkable because, like, we're a small gym. Like most, of, I think when we hit twelve people at the at day in the gym, if if twelve people come into the day, it's like fuck, we're packed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like that, like so we had eight people competing, and that was eight people who like trained under us and and like like trained with us and everything and and like we we meddled we had a a couple people who like like before they met us before they came into the gym never did any jiu-jitsu like caroline was basically our first real like our first full student in that like she came to us knowing nothing and then she's now going out and competing like that was caroline caroline was the first one she's awesome student was our first you know no striped student that mounted um, wrist lock but, though <laughs> yeah <laughs> shout out to <laughs> caroline there's mounted wrist locks. i'm just kidding <laughs> she's gonna listen and be like oh god damn it <laughs> yeah well i mean uh, you know she should not do the mounted wrist locks then if she doesn't want that red <laughs> anyways um so yeah do any of your students, like, talk to you about anything, like, mental health related, or have you ever, like, been, like, super open about it with your students? I'm always open about it. I don't, like, say it unless it comes up, but, like, yeah, I never, I never, like, deny it. I never, like, put it, I never, I never, if someone were to ask me, I don't not talk about it. If the opportunity presents itself, I'll talk about it, but totally. I don't really, like, make it a point to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like if something comes up and someone says like, "Oh man, I've really been battling this my depression with depression and stuff," then I'm like, "Oh well, you know, I have that." Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I'm never like, you know, just gonna stop every everyone <laughs> stop stop rolling for a minute. I just like to tell everyone I have depression. Thank yeah. you. Always go back. Totally. <laughs> I mean, that's the way you should do it anyway. I think. But yeah. uh, yeah. It, it's it's yeah it's it's because it is like it's an interesting thing where it's like. I don't know. Sometimes I picture like people think like, "Oh, Berto's this good at jujitsu. Oh, he's really good at this stuff. He's really good at that stuff." And it's like, "Yeah, like I'm pretty crazy. I'm an insane person." I don't think you guys understand. Like, you guys don't really need on? to know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like madness and like, like part of part of. I think I said that like a lot of running. It, or jujitsu, a lot of it is about like pain management, where like you're gonna feel pain through a lot of this, and like I almost felt like I was perfect for this because it's like I, I you feel the pain and then you're just like ah this is nothing yeah I got this it's almost like yeah yeah because it's like I'm used to mental pain physical pain is like nothing yeah so it it, it like that's why a lot of people remark that like I don't. They, it seems like I don't feel pain. And it's like, <laughs> no, I'm just used to it. I don't know yeah. how to put it. You know how to push past it, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's like part of, part of training is pushing past, is learning your limits, especially when it comes to like pain. And you'll, you'll learn this with uh, running as well, which like a lot of running is just finding out that whatever you thought your limit was is not your limit. It's, it's farther. It's just your your brain has to accept that there's a new normal in there. There's a new threshold of pain that you're ready to endure, and like um, that, a lot of that is jujitsu. But like we're, we're uniquely qualified in that we've been through worse things. We just have to accept it. Yeah. We like it, it helps running because like it's just like basically my brain the entire time I'm running my brain is just saying like why are we doing this stop. And, <laughs> I try to remind myself that I've definitely been through worse. Yeah, and it's, it's literally like, oh, we just have to ignore. I just have to ignore my brain like I normally do, and that's that's running for me. That's jujitsu. It's like when my arm hurts because someone's bending it in a weird way. It's like it, it hurts, but I'm not. It's not gonna break yet. I yeah. Still twist out of this. Although Heck I yeah. will get to a point where I'm like, no, this is this is it. I'm gonna tap before it breaks. How big was that guy? I saw that video on your Instagram um, oh that God. I shared. Uh, he was huge. That, that guy was 300 pounds. That's crazy. And yeah, that, what's what's impressive about that is I basically like 
uh, um, I used big man jujitsu against him. <laughs> yeah. And then I ultimately <laughs> basically just did like a bro choke, which is like I just slipped underneath his neck and then like just muscled in a choke. Yeah. And so it's basically like I was using I was using big man moves against a bigger man. That's so which, cool. <laughs> I feel like that describes my jujitsu in every way possible. <laughs> it's just rowing through everything and just like mu- <laughs> muscling out everything, every maneuver. That's the way to do it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their own unique style. Yours is the bro. Yeah. yeah, I just bro it out pretty much 24-7. <laughs> like, I am not a technical jiu-jitsu person. I'm not technically good. But what I'm good at is, like, just, like, knowing when to use muscle and when not to. So, like, I'll be very soft, and then out of nowhere, I'll just, like, like latch onto something. And, like, now I know, okay, now I'm going to use all my strength to squeeze or now I know I'm going to use all my strength for this sweep. So, like, that's... Uh, how do I put it? Someone once described my jiu-jitsu, and I think it's, like, described it perfectly. They said, uh... uh they said it's... it's it, they, he did the wrong thing in such a way that made it the right thing. And it was like, oh, my God, that is, that is perfect. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> the, the amount of... Yeah, yeah, the amount of times I was told that, like, a white belt, like, you should stop doing that move because it's not going to work against blue belts, it was so often. And then what? They eventually, I mean, I would get to I would go against blue belts, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're right. It doesn't work. But I'm still going to try it. And then eventually <laughs> you learn, like, oh, it does work against blue belts. Yeah. You just have to tweak it. Yeah. You just have to figure it out. Much, yeah, and that's pretty much where I still am at Brown, where it's like I'm still doing, like, these dumb moves that don't make sense but I've figured out a way to make it make sense. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it was awesome talking to you. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close out? Um, no, I mean, we're, I think me and my people at Chop and Chops in Brooklyn, we're all just pretty much wait like everyone else, we're just waiting for, you know, COVID to yeah. go away and then the city to give us the okay so we yeah. can go back to training. I know, I can't like, wait. Well, I can't wait till things are back to normal, man. Uh, yeah 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 it's gonna be i'll say this it's gonna be it's gonna be wild whenever whenever things start to open up again it's gonna be it's gonna be wild because we're all I, I feel like we've all been pushed into a corner and um it's almost like it's the summer and it's been rainy for a week and like <laughs> like someone like suddenly you see like oh my god next sunday the sun's coming out and yeah. everyone's just like sitting at home like waiting just waiting for that stuff to come out and it's just gonna be it's gonna be wild yeah it's gonna be crazy yeah there's gonna be good roles to be had that's for sure yeah (laughs) we're all gonna appreciate it more we're all gonna like oh this is this feels so never take it for granted again yeah that's for (laughs) damn sure (laughs) yeah well thank you so much it was awesome having you yeah thank you i'll see you in the running club (laughs) yeah all right awesome yeah have a great night berto bye-bye